0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about why you need to be going to Mass on Sunday. That's right, every Sunday. We're going to talk about the Sunday obligation,
1: uh, what the church teaches about our duty to attend Mass on Sunday, and why we go to Mass on a Sunday at all. Every Sunday? Every Sunday. Every Every Sunday.
0: Sunday. (laughs) <laughs> to go to mass every Sunday. every Sunday, yes,
2: you do, and we're here to tell you why that's, that's right. right.
0: Why and, I don't why? know, maybe
1: we can figure it out with this show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we're going to be able to accomplish that. Um, I'm sure you get that a lot, you know, as in your line of work, the whole priesthood thing that you got going on. Do we really have to go every Sunday? I mean, isn't it good enough that we're good people? Isn't it good enough that like, I pray? I'm a good I'm person. A, I'm a good person. person. I don't I need to kill anybody. I I'm killed. the one that
0: can tell myself if I'm a good person. And I <laughs> and tell myself God that can All judge me.
1: I don't need to go to a building every Sunday for God to see what I'm doing.
2: I start out every morning with prayer. I look in the mirror and I say, I'm great. I'm <laughs> wonderful. Everybody likes me. <laughs> I don't need to go to mass. <laughs> I'm good.
0: Wrong. <laughs> you're wrong and, <laughs> you're, <laughs> wrong. You're, <laughs> good and, and you're wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. You're <laughs> wrong.
2: You know, why? 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 (laughs) The great reformer of the Catholic Church and St. Teresa of Avila in the 16th century, Carmelite reformer, just incredible, very, very holy woman. She expressed, you know, once she was overwhelmed with God's goodness and love Mm. and asked our Lord, How can I thank you? And Jesus responded to her, Attend one Mass. You know, just the sense of what Eucharist is, Eucharistine, is thanksgiving to God. Jesus is helping us root our attention back to the Father and to express thanksgiving for all that he's given us. The greatest offense in the Old Testament, scripturally speaking, and a big shout out to Father Clay Ludwig, who opened my eyes to this. He said, the fact that the children of Israel forgot They forgot the covenant. They forgot how God graced them, you Mm -hmm. know? And when you pair that with St. Ignatius of Loyola, another great reformer in the 16th century, he said, the greatest offense before God is ingratitude. The fact that we don't recognize with attention what God has given us and be grateful for it. Our minds can be so distracted and how fitting that once a week we come to God and we give thanks. You know, and I think it's, that's, you brought some really good points there. Does
1: God need us to go to Mass every Sunday? Nope. God doesn't need anything. We We need it. We need it. Yes. We need to go to Mass. And beyond needing to go to Mass, we should want to go to Mass every Sunday. It is a good thing intrinsically. It adds so much to your life. But but for those who need the motivation of the need to go to Mass, (laughs) the church does teach, you know, as a Catholic, you have an obligation. There is a precept. It is a law of the church. You must go to mass every Sunday,
2: the, under the pain of having and, committed a grave and sin. mortal sin. Yeah, mortal it sin. is a mortal sin to oh. not go to mass on yeah. a weekly basis. Delacross, you have kids, and I'm sure you hear this all the time from your kids. Like, why do I have to go to mass, or why do we have to go to church? I I don't hear that from them. You don't? No. How we... is that? How How do you think that if you don't hear that from your kids? Because I hear it from a lot of parents. I mean that's not to say that they listen yeah <laughs> but, and there's there's a reason why I'm asking you this question because I had a feeling and it's the same with your kids too, Shiila. you know, I can't imagine either of your you know your kids saying, you know, why do we have to go to church?" And I wonder why, yeah. Oh, it's funny. I just recalled one time I
0: was sitting next to Leo, and he was, like, maybe in kindergarten or something, and he didn't want to be there. And he's like, Dad, I don't even know why I need to be here. I don't even believe in God. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> it was so funny, dude. And now he, he goes to Mass three times a week at his school. You and know? He, loves he loves praying it. the rosary. He like, loves it, man. I, I
2: just—one of my vivid memories of visiting Houston is the way that Leo would hold your rosary. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, You know, my consideration of that question for for both of you is the fact that when the father of the household practices the faith, there is a greater security in the passing on of Mm -hmm. the faith so that children, they may not be able to articulate why they need to go to church, but they find a value in going to church and they don't question They absolutely don't question. Now, once a member of the family, like a father, doesn't go to church, you better believe children are going to be like, well, why do I have to go to church? Daddy doesn't go to church. You know, why do we go to church? You know, the kids ask. Because that's just what you do. That's what you
1: do. (coughs) You know, and if you start, you know, psychologizing it and say, well, we do this. You know, when they're at that age, this is what we do. We're Catholics. We go to church. You know,
0: we this is, this is who we are. So, well, And the, the other thing is, is why does the church say it's a mortal sin to not attend church? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I haven't heard that from a pulpit. You right. know? I mean, it's... I've heard, we welcome you mm-hmm. and we hope you come back. Yeah. And if they were a soul under my watch, I'd be like, hey, since you're here, let me, let me, me remind explain you. something to you. Since yeah. you're tell all your that friends might... who aren't here, right. they in trouble. Yeah. That might save your soul. Right. But, but, but I think the underlying factor, it's like, you know, why, why does the government tell us that we can't drive more than 45 miles an hour on this road? Why does public say you can't park in a handicapped spot without a, so there's always some underpinning of the reason why (sighs) this is the case. And a mortal sin is a willful, a willful turning point from God. Right? So, it is it is you detaching yourself. Detaching yourself from God and then God offers this 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 thanksgiving, this participation in this sacrifice. He gives himself over to us why? To fulfill our who we are. In Christ, we were created by God. God entered into humanity to share his divinity with our humanity, Mm -hmm. to literally become grafted into our lives. This is God. This is not like, you know, an option, right? Yeah. So to speak to
1: the reason, you know, and we'll get to the the uh, the 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 law part of it later, but, but right. and this is important for every listener yeah. out there. And everybody, don't,
0: don't forget the the holy days of obligation, too. We'll get there. <clears> so down. this is from the catechism twenty
2: one seventy seven The Sunday celebration of the Lord's day and His Eucharist is at the heart of the church's life. Sunday is the day on which the Paschal mystery is celebrated in light of the apostolic tradition and is' to be observed as the foremost holy day of obligation in the universal Church. Also to be observed are the day of the Nativity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Epiphany, the Ascension of Christ, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, her Immaculate Conception, her Assumption, the Feast of St. Joseph, the Feast of the Apostles, St. Peter and St. Paul, and the Feast of All Saints. These are holy days of obligation. Now, a lot of times, well-formed Catholics, Catholics who have gone through Catholic school or have been raised by multi-generational Catholics, they observe the holy days of obligation. Mm-hmm. They always have questions. <clears throat> when, are, when are the When's the holy days of obligations? Or since the church has changed, like which ones that I'm obliged yeah. to? Which one do I have to go to? There's a little bit of confusion. But one thing that's pretty universally confusing for a lot of Catholics is to recognize that Each and every weekend, the Sunday liturgy is the foremost holy
1: day of obligation. Yeah, and it is the heart of the church's life. And that, I think, speaks to the why, because it is the heart of the church's life. And if the heart isn't beating, if the heart isn't working, life doesn't exist. So you can say, well, I'm good enough. I pray. You know, I helped that old lady cross the street. I didn't kick that dog. You know, I donate to the, I don't know, Panda Foundation or whatever the heck it is that you do that think justifies you. If you don't have the heart of the church's life in you, are you truly alive in the faith? Yeah. You know, and I think that's important to
2: consider. When you when you uh, think about the importance of exercise, you know, and being active, even if that's just like getting out for a walk and, and getting steps in. It's important for our bodies to right. exercise and to get our heart rates up and to move. If we aren't moving and we aren't exercising, we're going to decline rapidly and we're ultimately going to die. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, the human person needs to exercise spiritually. And at the heartbeat of the church, spiritually, our lives are fulfilled in exercising. And when you think about just exercising once a week for an hour, yeah. or if you're in my church, an hour and a half, it's if it's 10 o'clock mass, <laughs> you know, what's the what what's the the commitment there? It's not big of a commitment, right? But you see a distinct difference between people who are exercising their spiritual life on a weekly basis as a discipline following the holy days of obligation compared to people who just come Christmas and Easter. Right. But also think about the daily communicants, people who go to liturgy every single day and are practicing the Liturgy of the Hours, you see a visible corporeal difference. That's right. And all the, you know, when we're here recording with you and we get to go to daily
1: mass and see your daily communicants, they're a great bunch of people. They really are. I mean, you could see it on them. You could see it on how they talk, how they act, how they walk, how their families operate. Sure. Yeah, it's, it, it's a blessing. So G.K.
0: Chesterton uh, wrote something which I think applies to this sort of this excuse of the good man, uh-huh. right? Uh, men do not differ much about what things they will call evils. They differ enormously about what evils they will call excusable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <Wow>. That's great. <laughs> Isn't that great? Wow. So it, it, is, it is— Look at our boy over here throwing yeah. chestnuts in yeah, so excuse brother, our, We excuse ourselves from something that's evil, which is not— like, like not honoring God yeah. in our lives. Like that's literally turning away from him. And obviously you don't want to like, hey, go to his moral sin. You want to, mm-hmm. you want to try to help somebody embrace the love of God that awaits us. And it's so beautiful in the mass, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it is truly a gift. It is truly something we should be very thankful for.
2: That's why people go to daily mass. Yeah. And when we think about survival, one of my favorite quotes from Padre Pio about the holy Mass is, it would be easier for the world to survive without the sun. Than to do without Holy Mass. Mm-hmm. Survival is based on the fact that we are actively receiving the Eucharist and living the faith. Can you imagine a world—we constantly criticize the world and society and, and, you know, the degradation of the human person and, and all mm-hmm. of the, you know, terrible things that are happening. But can you imagine a world without faithful followers of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. receiving his body, blood, soul, and divinity— and being animated in the charism of the spirit and the and the fruits of of the work of the spirit mm-hmm. Man,
0: receiving I... receiving mercy like he god doesn't just come into our hearts and our minds he literally we digest him he permeates through our body through our blood yeah. right like he is we're grafted onto his body and we are here not just to receive this salvation receive this mercy and love and to walk as a disciple but we're also here To share this good news with the world. And it's hard to kind of share that good news with the Mm -hmm. world if you're not receiving the good news. And and it's like, that
2: is the Christian practice. That is, you know, when we are practicing Eucharistic lives, again, Eucharist means Eucharistine, which means Thanksgiving. But we have to also just share with the brothers and sisters out there that don't share the Catholic faith or know the Catholic faith the eucharist is jesus mm-hmm. we are living jesus yep. we eat jesus you are what, you are what, <laughs> you are what you eat and if we are
1: taking our lord body blood soul and divinity in the holy eucharist into ourselves we are becoming grafted onto the tree of life and grafted onto our lord and savior that is the gift that he left us in the eucharist it's why he gave it to us mm-hmm. it's so that we can have that continuous uh Communion, mm-hmm. being in oneness with Him through mm-hmm. the communion. Mm-hmm. Now you were talking about excuses, right? Yeah, there are some valid reasons that you can miss Correct. Mass on Sunday, mm-hmm. so it's not like, look, be sick, you know, you got yeah. an eyeball hanging out, your legs broken off, you know, and the, you know, your house is on fire. It's like, well, kind of got to get the Mass. There is valid <laughs> reasons that you can be excused from your Sunday obligation. So this is Catechism twenty one eighty one. The Sunday Eucharist is the foundation and confirmation of all Christian practice. For this reason, the faithful are obliged to participate in the Eucharist and on holy days of obligation, unless excused for a serious reason. For example, illness, the care of infants, or dispensed by their own pastor. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that part. Those who deliberately fail in this obligation commit a grave sin.
2: Mm -hmm. And I do have, you know, traditional... Catholics in my parish who do ask dispensation for different situations, uh, you know, travel or things like they're between places or traveling here or there. I do tend to encourage them to research and to find church. And if things come down to it, you can't practice or you can't uh, uphold attending the liturgy to attend digitally which is so mm. much more available now than ever mm, before, more, yeah. to pray. Uh, like at catholic.com. I think that – or if you go to YouTube
1: and you go to the – Father Pagano channel, you can see every Sunday Mass there, right?
2: Every every Mass. Every like mass. Literally yeah. thanks thanks be to God for Matt Deck, a volunteer who's a you know video editor by profession. Um, it's his apostolate. He mm-hmm. he wants to serve in that way, and he's really done a wonderful job nurturing our organic growth on uh, Father Pagano at YouTube. And you can check us out at Nakate Catholic.com, which is N O C A T E E, Nakate Catholic Now
1: Attending a Mass or watching Mass digitally does not fulfill the Sunday obligation. That does not save you from the consequence or the grave sin that incurs when you miss Mass. But when you can't make it for a valid reason, it is a spiritually good thing to do. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who have in the hospital or or older people who are shut-ins and they can't make it, Attending or, or viewing a mass online is a beautiful thing. Like yeah. uh, St. Catherine of Siena, you know, seeing the mass projected on the wall. That's why she's St. Clair. St. Clair, I'm sorry, St. Clair of Assisi, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing the mass projected on the wall because she wanted to be at mass, but she was too sick. Mm-hmm. She was dispensed, but she was still watching.
2: We it, have you it know? at the nursing home here in town at Starling. Mm-hmm. You know, they some of them will gather in a common room and they'll watch mass together or they'll ma- watch it in the room. And then, you know, the extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion actually bring communion to them and visit with them and pray with them. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, there's there's many ways, but the obligation itself, we have to consider, okay, if I'm not fulfilling the obligation by just kind of digitally watching or following along in the Magnificat or iBrivery, you know, I'm not fulfilling the obligation when I do that then what is the obligation getting at? What is Holy Mother Church trying to foster among our practice? Why do we come to the church? Mm -hmm. These are very important questions to think about and to consider because perhaps Christ is trying to do more than you realize inside the church with your heart so what do, you, what do you guys think initially, just some of the thoughts, the practical outcomes and the practical goods of coming to church on a weekly basis, specifically for the Sunday liturgy? Well, it's our obligation and our duty, and it is due to our God, the creator.
1: It is, we are obligated and his worship is due and doing it in communion in the church Um, In the sacramental nature of the church, in the liturgy, in the work of the people and the work of the church universal, it is kind of fulfilling that unum sint that we are now really trying to become one. And that was the wish and the command of our Savior that all may be one. So we are giving our God what is due to him. He is due our worship. He is due our devotion and our piety. And we make that
2: offering of of bread and wine in the ways that Jesus instituted. Like that offering of bread and wine, that sacrifice is super important. And Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you're touching on, you know, the sense of living and working what is the work? The labor is for unity. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're together and that oneness is is manifesting in the ecclesia, the church, the gathering in Hebrew, the kahal, the gathering of the people. Like we have the extension and the, and the opportunity to extend peace to one another in the liturgy too, mm-hmm. and to and to embrace one another, you know, affectionately. With love mm-hmm. and to reconcile with our neighbor, that's huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, this is an important point, and this gets into the why even on Sunday at all? Why Sunday? And a lot of people would have answered that question, Mo, because we in the commandments we're to keep holy the Sabbath. But Sabbath would be Shabbo- Shabbat, like that Shabbat. is Sat—that's Saturday—and the church, so and they, they have to go will, eight times. And they'll say, a day. <laughs> people <will laughs> we're, say we're doing it easy. <laughs> people will say that the Catholic Church moved the Sabbath. That's not true. That's actually a misunderstanding of what actually happened. Catholics, the Church did not move the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. In fact, the Sabbath is not something that is celebrated liturgically by Catholics. It has been replaced by the Lord's Day of Sunday in the New Covenant. And isn't it interesting replaced that replaced
2: by His resurrection, Saturday, Saturday is a day of rest. Right. If we follow strictly, and this is what Seventh Day Adventists, there, that, it, yeah. This is what they, they focus on and, and they, they recognize the Sabbath. However, when we think about it, what happened? Jesus died on what day? Friday. Friday. Good. Right. Good Friday. And then they had to take him down from the cross and do all of that work. Why? Because the Sabbath, like they couldn't work. They couldn't do that type of a thing. So they had to rest on the Sabbath. But we know that Jesus didn't rise on the Sabbath. He rose on the third day. Yeah. So what would that third day have been? Sunday. It would have been Sunday. Yes, I got you it. You got it right. If we <laughs> were playing hot Catholic trivia right
1: now, you'd be you'd get I had, a, had a poor showing in <laughs> that because I was terrified of that hot sauce. <laughs> I have all kinds of stomach issues, and I'm like, whew, a lot of pressure here. <laughs> I've
0: never seen you that afraid. I'm i know. that sweaty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I. Knew. But uh, you know, but I, the point that you're making is that you could still observe the Sabbath, but. Catholics are not commanded to worship on the Sabbath. If you want to observe the Sabbath with rest, that's okay. And I think that's important to the spiritual life. Yeah, and Pope Benedict said, look, observing that rest on the Sabbath is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But Catholics aren't
2: commanded to. They are commanded to worship on the Lord's Day. And what I love about this, to worship on the Lord's Day, we call it liturgy, which means work. So it's distinctly different than Sabbath. (laughs) That's a great point. And when you think of the third day... Right? Jesus rises, our work is beginning, mm-hmm. and the work is materializing effectively, and the work is salvific in nature, sanctifying us, sanctifying our will, so that we may enter into greater intimacy and union with the Father and with our neighbor to exercise that greater harmony as a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven, which is at our fingertips. It's right here among us. The kingdom is among us. How? It's because Jesus is among us, and Jesus is within us and with us. So realizing these mysteries and how important it is to live these mysteries in the practice of our Catholic faith, our worship must be oriented on a day of work, and that is the third day, which also can be referred to as the eighth day.
1: Yeah, the eighth day, and that's what the early church, we call it, is the eighth day, the new creation, the new covenant. And you'll see this in scripture. So people who say, you know, who are who will say, well, the church moved the Sabbath or whatever, we should be working on Saturday. The early church was very clear that they had abrogated the Sabbath requirements and had now shifted their worship and their liturgy, their work to the new day. So you see it in First Corinthians 16. On the first day of each week, you should set aside and save whatever one can afford. So that the collections will not be going on when I come. Uh, that's that's St. Paul. You can see in uh, Acts twenty on the first day of the week when we gathered to break bread.
2: Paul spoke blah 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 on and on. So this is uh, this is presented here before you and again we'll recover these scriptures and we'll share them very clearly so that you can have in your Bible marked. If you open up 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it's evident verse 2 on the first day of the week, right? So we're talking about Sunday. Acts of the Apostles. This is important in the 8th verse of uh, chapter 20. Of chapter 20 we hear In the seventh verse, excuse me, on the first day of the week. Once again, brothers and sisters, they're gathering to break the bread. This is Eucharist at its core. This is Saint Paul. This is Scripture. So anybody who's challenging what you do as Mm -hmm. a Catholic, what you do as a faithful follower of Christ, it's right here in the scriptures. And I'm not one to go out and apologetically go out and try to evangelize and proselytize and say, hey, you're getting the scriptures wrong, and I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong. But we are we are living the faith in a scriptural and an apostolic way. Right. We're doing the same exact thing that was done by the ones whom Jesus instituted these very mysteries and set them into motion through. Yeah. So, I mean, for example,
1: you said that early apostolic age. If you look at the Didache, which is the earliest Christian writing outside of the Bible, and in fact, I mean, it was written before the Bible was compiled. I mean, before that, it was just the various letters and gospels being passed around Christians. Mm-hmm. This is the earliest... I guess, catechism of the Catholic Church mm-hmm. is the Didache. And in the Didache, 14.1, And on the Lord's own day, gather yourselves together and break bread and give thanks, first trans- confessing your transgressions that your sacrifice may be pure. I mean, that is a very short ancient description of the Catholic Mass if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. But on the Lord's own day, you know, this is from the earliest church, from St. Paul to the Didache, to all sorts of early church writing, like Irenaeus and all these things. And, and How do you say his name? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Irenaeus.
1: Irenaeus, Irenaeus, I Irenaeus, Irenaeus,
0: Irenaeus. There's other parts of the Didache that actually give a, even a more... Uh, more accurate or precise description about Mass in the formulaic side. Absolutely, but this is speaking to yeah. the day.
1: It is, no, no, I it know, is Sunday. Yeah. The Didache and, is a document, document like about everyone should the
2: dedicate here in fourteen one is it's the Lord's own day. Yeah. It's like, this is Jesus' own day. This is when he conquered the grave, the greatest work in human history, the and work. he rose triumphant. The, the work. work. Yeah. Shout out Bishop Polmar.
1: Yeah, that, one, that one's really stuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think
2: it's ever going to go anywhere. That was very insightful. You know, but I
1: think this is also important, you know, that there is to be some elements of restfulness, Mm -hmm. even though the Sabbath is no longer the way that Catholics or Christians, even the earliest Christians, worshipped. I mean, there's even scriptures where St. Paul said, let nobody bind you with the festivals and the moons and the Sabbaths, right? Mm -hmm. But
2: there is... You hear that, Howard?
1: Yeah. Don't let it be done. Can't let it happen. So if you're out on your your whaling boat and then, uh, you know, Starbuck and... you know, Ahab are saying, "Well, our oh, matey, get to work and slay this Leviathan." You're like, "I don't really
0: have to." It's a Sunday, Captain. Captain Crunch. Right. <laughs> what about what about people who who work on Sundays? Right. So, like, the, it's like their job; they have to do something on Sunday, and it's you know say 7 to 7 or whatever, like a nurse or something Mm -hmm. like that would go 7 to 7. I guess they could go to mass at the hospital, but have you ever had any uh, Mm -hmm. people? What
2: would the moral compass of the great Ryan Scheel express on this? Well, I think the catechism, I mean,
1: it's not my moral compass, right? The catechism, 2186, says,
2: and Ryan's opened the door because it is hot. It is. This is the last episode of our shoot, and these lights have been... Heating this up like we are
1: hotter than sitting in church right now. It's pretty warm. So this is Catechism twenty one eighty six. Those Christians who have leisure should be mindful of their brother brethren who have the same needs and the same rights, yet cannot rest from work because of poverty and misery. Mm -hmm. Sunday is traditionally consecrated by Christian piety to do good works of humble service to the sick, the infirm, and the elderly. Um, But. If there is a need and you have to work, look, you should try to get out of it in every way possible and set that day aside. But if you can't for economic reasons or for just the reasons of maybe the job that you does does not allow that, you know, it's something critical like a nurse, like a Mm -hmm. doctor where you have to be on call. Mm -hmm. Maintaining the piety and maintaining the consecration of that day is certainly an important aspect of the, the restful nature of it, because even if you can't rest your body, resting your heart in God that day, I think is a sufficient uh, uh, way to go
2: about it. And this is why pastoral care, we, you know, the church in her wisdom and under the leadership of the bishops provide pastoral care to hospitals and places that need to operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing that breaks my heart is sports. And the division of the human family and dividing families from church families with the endeavors and the ambitions of athleticism. Athleticism is such a temporary, temporal thing. You know, all of us played sports at, at very significant levels, and we could barely move around or play golf anymore. With you and, know, yeah. our oversized and pants. And ninety nine point nine nine percent of you parents out there, your kid's not going to be. That it's, good. You're
0: not going to be. <laughs> it's <laughs> the, <it's laughs> the, <it's laughs> the truth, yeah. and it's and like. It, and what's,
1: and I, what, what good is it if you gain the whole world
2: and win the MVP and you lose your soul anyway? Right? Yeah, right. And, and all of those trophies, I don't even know. They're most of them are broken or in their tra- They're in the trash. And I, you know, I grew up in an age initially when. Not everybody received a trophy. But then I was right there at the end of the age where everybody received a trophy. You know, all of these things wind up in the trash. <laughs> you know, they really do. And, it, you know, um, unless you're getting a signature ball, you know, from L.A., you know, from and, and you've made 38,000 points and, uh, you know, classily celebrate that moment, you know, get over it. You know, I
1: remember in my diocese when I was a kid— there would be sporting events on Sunday sometimes, mm-hmm. CYO events. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of struck me as weird that then, you know, as my children grew up and they started having it, uh, the bishops had said there is no CYO activities on a Sunday, period, end of the story, mm-hmm. which I think is a great thing because. I love when bishops lay it
2: down like that. Yeah. There were, the Archbishop of uh, New Orleans did that not too long ago, too, I think, in just kind of ousting athletic endeavors, yeah. you know, on, on Sunday. And, we have to prioritize the importance of the institution of the human family ensuring that families are getting together and having a family day with other families namely before god orienting our family life before god and allowing the kids to come together and have fellowship it's okay if they're playing sports leisurely on the property of the church enjoy have food have fellowship you know, don't run around to every corner of the state or the globe, you know, with your 12 year old because they're doing a, a cheerleading competition and, and you know, they're going to make it big time in, in L.A. or something so, like but that. But those
1: are the kinds of things that mandate an obligation. I have to go to this event. And then that obligation takes precedence Isn't over your Sunday obligation. obligation. Yeah. That's yeah. a
2: phenomenal you know. point. It's an, obli- it it an, obligation. an obligation. You're going to be excommunicated from this cheerleading squad. You're going to be excommunicated yeah. from this you know, uh, this basketball team. There's a, a baseball player, and I can't remember his name. He's a very good baseball player. It,
0: I think he was like close to being the MVP. He played for the Dodgers, and they were in the World Series a few years ago. And and like one of the days, Rosh Hashanah or one Sean of the— Green. Sean Green. Sean Green. He didn't play. That's awesome. He didn't play in the World
2: Series. That's awesome. Can you imagine, like, the flack he got? See, we need more bold people. You may may never find yourself, especially the 99.9% of you, that will never find yourself in the World Series or at bat, you know, in that respect. But we need people to take bold steps like this Mm -hmm. in society. We need coaches to take bold steps. We need pastors. We need bishops. We need archbishops. Because the obligation in this world should be oriented to God and his kingdom Mm -hmm. and respecting God and what he commands us to do. The dead flow with the stream. Mm -hmm. The living swim against it. Swim
0: against it. 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 Very good. Oh, that's Chesterton again. (laughs) You're killing it with Chesterton, man. I wonder why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing I think that's important to talking about why Sunday, and this was an interesting thing that I, I read about, is that a lot of people say, well, the church didn't even move worship to Sunday. This was a command of Constantine. They always blame Constantine for literally everything. Anyone who's a critic of the church, who's a fundamentalist, basically says Constantine is the founder of the Catholic papish religion, right? What? What? But, and they'll go back to this edict. You haven't heard that, Brian? <laughs> no. What kind of people are you talking about? I guess <laughs> I
0: got to take a look at my friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not that. You got to look at your enemies. <laughs> I, you deserve a better class of enemy. Yeah. Thank you. But um, they'll say that, you know. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, that Constantine did make an edict in 321. It was the edict. edict of Milan. Yeah. No, the edict of Laodicea, <laughs> oh, okay. Which says that... And mandate that people were not to work and do stuff on Sunday. So they they look at that like, oh, that was him saying that now it's Sunday and I'm moving the Sabbath and I'm breaking God's law. It was basically like a federal holiday. He was in the Roman Empire saying we are now making every Sunday a holiday. It is a federal holiday. So there's a distinction there because, I mean, we have federal holidays in America for all kinds of things. It's the freaking weekend, guys. Yeah, President's Day and and Martin Luther King's Day. You got the
0: Lord's Day. Just
1: take it easy. But, you know, (laughs) that whole idea of not working and businesses being closed on a Sunday Mm -hmm. goes all the way back to that edict of Laodicea where it was mandated that businesses had to be closed on Sunday. And I mean, we see that in our modern world. It used to be that, you know, you had your blue laws. Everything was closed on Sunday. You can't
0: buy alcohol. Dude, look at uh, freaking Chick-fil-A, bro. Like, they're, they're I mean, they are killing it. Killing it. And and they're closed on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: How could we do that? We're losing one-seventh yeah. of our income. Oh, we yeah. can never
0: keep it's up the pursuit with of Wendy's. That, right. The, pus- the pursuit of things that are temporal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but, you know, having those businesses closed on Sunday is a good thing, too, and not... Look, if you have a
2: business and you don't have to be open on Sunday, try not to be. You know, it's good. I know a lot of business owners that took a step in that direction. And what's amazing, and I'm I'm not a gospel of prosperity person. Obviously, it's a heresy. But they certainly experienced gains, whether that was spiritual, whether that was economical or whatever happened. They absolutely, their life improved drastically every time somebody has taken that step. Mm-hmm. I know a guy, um, he was a Protestant, but,
0: like, I've never seen somebody so intent on, like, making sure that the profits that they make as a company, that that money goes out to something that's a charity or to his church or things like that. And he's a very, very successful guy. And the more he got successful, the more he just put pushed money out. And I was like, this is a beautiful mm-hmm. testimony to... The offering that God is doing this. Yes. He's mm-hmm. given me these gifts and talents. He's given me the opportunities. And and as he would, you know, continually give, you know, God, I think God just blessed him, you know, mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Now, we have something to give to our listeners, and that is a free
1: download for the number one Catholic prayer app, which is... Hello. 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 Hello.
2: the number one Catholic app in the app store today. Uh, It uh, covers uh, the rich tradition uh, and heritage of our faith, giving you Lexio Divina, Daily Gospels, Daily Saints, Kids, Spanish (laughs) language. Hello. 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 Hello.
1: Hello. 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 Dude, they're
0: going to fire us. Sorry, Alex.
1: Yeah, thank you for being our friend. Or... They're going to really enjoy this, and they can use this as their new
0: jingle. It's a good (laughs) app. I use it every day. I have a group in it called Mama's Boys. We do the rosary every day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the app has so many cool
1: things in it that you could do from, you know, Mama's Boy prayer groups to yeah. listening to
2: Father Michael Schmitz mm-hmm. to Catechism in a Year Bible in a Year. They've got Jonathan Rumi on there. Mark Wahlberg. You could pray with all these really cool Catholics. Mark Wahlberg's going to be on there for Lent. Yeah, what? Dude, yep. what now? Hello, hello, hello.
0: Doesn't he have a movie to make? How does he find hello. all this free time to be on Hollow? <laughs> he said, "Stay prayed
1: up, boy. Stay prayed up every day." Mark Wahlberg is on the other line, like, "Hey, yo, it's Mark. Tell your mama
2: said hi. Let's pray together." right? <laughs> what I love is. Mark's, like, just calling other other people, like, time to discipline yourself during Lent, you yeah. know? And that guy's super disciplined, yeah. very, very disciplined as a Catholic, and disciplined with his athletic, you know, endeavors, sure. too. So he's a, he's a good one to lead. And, you know, how can you not have a blessed day when you started off with Scripture? You know, like, they're l- guiding you through the liturgies each and every day and providing you resources to understand what you're reading. Mm-hmm. And it's packaged in such a phenomenal... And, and beautiful way with the design of their app. It, it's mm. very user-friendly. They also have ways to end your day with the sleep stories and the
1: mm-hmm. meditations and stuff that really a lot of people are using to help wind down at the end of the day and to kind of retain that sense of the, of a night prayer, to cap your day, to start it with praise mm. and end it in praise. Mm-hmm. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hello hollow, 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 howard.com, boop, boop, dot app forward slash Hello. CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash hello. You can download the number one prayer app and try it 100% free. Try it it it. out today. Do Do it. it. Okay. Now. Okay. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something, Father. I don't want to go to mass on Sunday. Sometimes you're going to hell. No. (laughs) Do you know why? Because I went on Saturday evening.
2: Oh,
0: Oh, damn! See what I just did there. I
1: totally understand (laughs) what you just did. (laughs) How did I get away with this? This is the conundrum. It's all due
2: to the sunset. It is. Yeah. It's all about that sunset, man. It's just
1: so beautiful. Beautiful. It's romantic.
2: It's God's way of saying, "Hey." I love you. I love you. Look at that sunset. <laughs> I love you. Come to church. It counts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: buried wide. Jesus. That's white how much Jesus. I love you. I'm buried by Jesus. That's
1: it. No, so there is the the Vigil Mass, the vigil which mass. happens on Saturdays, yep. which can fulfill your Sunday obligation. Only if, five, only if you stay
2: 46. for the entire Mass. Oh. Wait until the prayer after Communion, and there's a beautiful thing of the final blessing, and the commissioning by the priest in the person of Jesus Christ. So you don't want to receive the Eucharist and ditch out the side door because you don't want to deal with the traffic jam. You know who did that, right? Oh, I know about thirty percent of my Ju- community. That's Judas doing that left right the now. mass early on <laughs> Holy right. Thursday. That's right.
0: Yeah. That's Where did right. he go?
1: <laughs> Nowhere good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's right. So let's say I go to a mass on two o'clock on Saturday because I go to a wedding. Can I? Can I uh, get plastered and have a hangover and not go on Sunday? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. So how early can I go to mass on a Sunday for it to count? It's an interesting question. And it was answered by Pope Pius XII. Boom! In the apostolic constitution, Christus Dominus, mm. he set the earliest hour for such a mass at 4 p.m., there it is that's saturday it.
0: why 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 because why? if you go
1: back to the jewish tradition the days ended at sunset right they end at sunset that's when the day ends so like you'll see that uh like like you mentioned earlier when they were preparing jesus's body they had to do it before the liturgical day end it's you know around sunset not midnight yeah. midnights more or less arbitrary. Mm. I mean, they didn't even have clocks. They didn't know what a midnight was sometimes, right? I don't even know what it is. I'm right. always sleeping, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know when the sun is set, so that's when the day has ended and it's a new day, right? Mm-hmm. You know that day has ended, so that's the the logic and the history of it. So that I mean, and you look at like Easter vigil, Christmas vigil, um, that's
2: when all throughout the scriptures, or the yeah. whole thing of keeping vigil. You know, it, it's Watch. I think. I think it's a great watchful way of bringing in the eighth day, of recognizing the work that needs to be done and anticipating it and not, you know, drinking your face off and and being hung over and entering into a day that is... Um, the Lord's day with, with a sense of fatigue. Yeah. Fatigue and, and, and lethargy and, and Mm -hmm. sloth, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the the vigil is not there. The church doesn't provide the vigil for you to just go nuts Saturday night and just sleep all day. (laughs) Like, you know, the the Lord's day is the Lord's day. If you're keeping vigil, you're like kind of gearing up to really take hold of a day before God, Mm -hmm. where you are articulating the work, the one work of Jesus Christ. Christ in the state of his resurrection and continuing that, work. so it's not a shortcut. So you can it's pre-game. not a shortcut. He wants you to be.
0: rest on Sunday,
2: but not like trying to <laughs> nurture a hangover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man,
0: I need to rest so bad. I need a cheeseburger. I've been guilty, guilty of that. that. I'll be honest. But a of
1: times. liturgically, a four o'clock mass on a Saturday is considered a Sunday mass. I mean, yep. by the by, its acid, it's not considered a late Saturday mass. Same is, readings. Yeah, it's the same readings, it's the same liturgy, but people can use that, and a lot of parishes will do this, where they make the Saturday Mass, like, it's a 30-minute in-and-out drive-through Mass, get you in-and-out, because all the people are like, I want to do the bare minimum of my obligation. So if it's for that reason, you know, there's sometimes the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And if you're just going there to do your most basic obligation, that's what's in your heart. I think you might want to reevaluate that. Now, if you're going on a Saturday vigil and you're going there fully intending to fulfill your obligation and worship, it's a wonderful thing and 100% valid. But always check your, I guess, your motivation personally. I think it's something you can reflect on. Look, if I'm going on Saturday just to kind of cut corners and get in and out at the fastest mass I can with as least... Interruption to my social schedule and my plans. You've
0: missed it. Uh, you, you're missing the point. I'm missing the point. Uh, I mean, like the seven a.m. mess, I went to that, and there's like no music because people don't wake up to you know to, to do music, but. I think there's a reverent group there. Oh, That's that, I'm not
1: saying exactly. about the length of it. I'm saying about the interior disposition. The disposition.
2: No, I know, I know. I'm like just, you, we don't, we don't go to observe <laughs> the mass. Delacross, if you're listening in on iTunes or Spotify, is obsessively spraying himself yeah, with, with chrism, chrism oil right from now. everythingcatholic.com. So, so
1: if you go to everythingcatholic.com, yeah. you can get this chrism oil it that Ryan so smells spray. intensely like for fifteen percent off.
2: It's okay. I'll just use the oils i mean the
0: uh, the body lotion you want, body this, lotion here. You want this right here beard yeah that's oil. your beard oil All right, that that's really like good, it's, good so dude. it's got rose petals in it i love it man yeah sorry wait, what were we talking about we were talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> interior disposition is, oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh my gosh it smells like a chrism factory mm, in here and it's mm, very nice mm, mm. you guys uh, are nice it. Are you guys preparing to go to a Saturday vigil mass and now you're going to go out in the town like night at the Roxbury all (laughs) greased up? You smell so good. Greasy
2: chrism smell on Italians. So St. John Vianney expressed if we really understood the mass, we would die of joy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, clearly if somebody's disposition is what we're describing, they're not getting anywhere close to that joy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God wants to fill you with love and joy and freedom and insight to the mystery of life. And if St. John Vianney, whom I uphold as being one of the greatest priests that have ever lived, you know, in the history of the church, is expressing like, hey, there's more to understand here. You know, we should continue to pursue that understanding. We should seek the Lord in the midst of the church, in the Sunday liturgy, practicing devoutly, because it will mean all the difference to how we live our life and live it joyfully. So we hope that this production and our Catholic talk show provides you greater understanding of these mysteries that we practice. We're definitely not the corner market on complete understanding, that's for sure. But we do know that—do we have to go to Mass every Sunday? We do know that, and we hope you know it, too. So guess what? We're going to be seeing you on Sunday or Saturday evening— At four, that's Holy Mass. And we want to see you there with your family and let nothing interrupt the most important thing that we do in giving thanks to our God for the favors he bestows on us. Thank you all, and God bless you, and we'll see you next week.